Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, it's Monday morning, I'm Paul John Dykes, it's Monday afternoon, feels like morning, and today I'm joined by Colin Watt, who is sporting what is proving to be an absolute belter of an away top. We played away at the weekend, Colin Watt, we're going to be talking all about that, and the strapline suggests we are going to be talking about someone who could be the best player in Scottish football this season. Colin, am I getting a wee bit uh, ahead of myself here? I wouldn't say so, no, I think it's... um... Although it's only two games in, we've saw what he can do in pre-season as well. He's, as we were saying a couple of weeks ago, he's someone who looks as if he's now settled in Scottish football. He knows 
where his role is. He's been far more creative this season. Um, and I would say that we've maybe not even seen the best of him yet. I think that's still to come. You know, I've said this a few times over the last few weeks. There's a few players in there I don't think we've seen the best of. And uh, Juranovic is one of them, Colin, mm-hmm. in my mind. I don't think we've seen him hitting the peak of his powers for a period of time, maybe over a dozen games. I think he's looked brilliant in flashes, but I don't think we've seen the consistency um, of his performances. And then the other ones that are mentioned are guys that have maybe come in during the season last year, and I want to see them having the full run of the season. Um, and I think that bodes well for Celtic, but not so well for the opponents. Going into the game, Colin, I don't know. I, I actually don't know if you were up at the game. I don't think you were. No. Right. But going into the game, what was your thoughts? Because I... I did see it as a potential banana skin. I always kind of feel like that going up to Dingwall. What was your confidence levels like going into this game? I've got it. I was fairly confident about this one. Um, we've got a fairly decent record up in Dingwall. Um, and when you look at it on paper, it, I mean, I know football's not played on paper, but on paper, we should have really had enough to, to deal with that, especially the way that we've been playing in the last couple of weeks. Watching the sort of first half, well, what we got to see in the first half, um, it was almost a complete repeat from the week before against Aberdeen. We had a lot of possession. I think by half-time we had 80% possession. We were creating chances, but we just couldn't take them. We're snatching at a few of them. Um, so the, the confidence was there, and it was just a case of I'm thinking, right, if we get one, then maybe the floodgates will open. But obviously it wasn't meant to be, it was one all and then at that point I was quite concerned. Um when it went to one each I'm thinking, right, although we've got this whole mantra of this team never stops, mm. you've always got going to have a, a bad day, you're always gonna have one of those days where you say, Right, it was one each, but it was one each going on six or seven one. We just couldn't get the ball in. Um but the, the kind of resiliency that this team shows and the creativity um, from Jota was obviously the, the kind of telling part in this whole result um, on Saturday. And you're just thinking the players that came off the bench, like Abada, like Giacomakis, those are the players that can now come on and change the game. Yeah. Which we probably previously didn't have before. When you're looking at it before, guys like Albina Yeti trying to come off and change the game, uh, James Forrest, some others like that, they just weren't as effective. Now you're looking at it and you're going, we have genuine game changers on that bench that can come on if we are at that point after 60-odd minutes and it's one each and we can actually turn the the tide of the game around. You mentioned earlier that uh, we have this mantra of we never stop. It's uh, been printed on T-shirts. It's been used in promotional materials as is the way we big football clubs call in. But uh, we have seen situations in the past where we've continually attack teams and attack teams and we've never stopped but we've never found a way and you've looked at games yeah. afterwards but you know we've covered the games and it's frustrating that you've got all the possession you know I think we were averaging something like a dozen corners every half um, there was a couple of games where uh, young James pointed or was it Patrick pointed out that we had 70 crosses against Livingston in yeah. two games that we drew and lost but there does seem to be a different edge to it now. And I think it does come down to the creativity. So let's start off with Jota. Um, Jota, not Jota. I know he likes a bit of the uh, colloquialisms and uh, I, you know, the vernacular, but we will call him Jota. And the thing with Jota is that when we signed him, remember he did the press conference that we were in mm-hmm. and um, he really, really impressed us. And I remember after it, 
uh, obviously doing what everybody else does. We've all got access to online um, searches and videos and all that for everybody who thinks they're kind of ahead of the game when it comes to players. You're not checking any other sources that no one else can check, Colin. But we're looking at uh, action that Jota um, had been involved in previously. And we're looking at some of the, um, the you know, the press around Jota. Uh, you know, he was a, a, he was branded a Portuguese wonder kid. And mm-hmm. we, we were talking like that on Axon, being very positive about the signing. And we were told to calm down because he hadn't done anything. And, you know, we were putting him on a pedestal. Remember, we, we were speaking about another Portuguese wonder, wonder kid we had done on trial. It was uh, Danny. Remember mm-hmm. Danny? Yep. He used to play with Ajax and um, and he also played with West Ham, etc. Sporting Lisbon is where he started. And um, I, I think that we did make comparisons between the two. And at the time, we were talking about how big a player he could be for us. It seems to be coming to fruition. When you look at his season last year, how would you have rated his entire season, Colin? Do you think he was great in patches? Do you think he was inconsistent? Um, do you think it was a season for him to bed in to Scottish football and into Angie's team? I think there's um, there's some sort of caveats that you've got to look at when you compare his performance last season. And the fact that he's on loan, he's getting the game time, which he wasn't previously getting at Benfica. Um, he's um, also kind of toying with his own future. He's not wanting to pick up a long-term injury because he knew in the summer it would be a big thing for him. But overall, with his performances for Celtic last season, out of 10, consistently he was an 8 or a Mm 9. But the thing is, with wingers, they're always going to have good games and they're going to have bad games. It just depends how much they can get into it. But Jota always seemed to, if he wasn't having a good game, he'd still provide an assist. And that's the kind of player that we've kind of struggled to have over these years. Mm. You think back even as far back as someone like Aidan McGeady. Even when Aidan McGeady wasn't in the game for Celtic, sometimes he would just pop up with an assist and that was him. It was enough to to win Celtic the game. Um, And it's that spark that you're missing. Now when you look at him, you've now got a guy who is actually getting bums off seats. Anytime he's on the ball, like as the song goes, every time he's on the ball, you think there's going to be a goal. Mm-hmm. That's just the the way he plays right now. Um, and when you look at it, you've got, what, four assists and a goal already this season? Yeah, um, I, just, I was at that moment just writing that down when you said it, Colin. Yeah. Two games, yeah. four assists, one goal. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, that's. And if he continues that over the course of this season, you just kind of, you think all the records will be broken. And that that's the thing. I honestly do think that we've managed to get this guy for a steal. I think £6 million for this guy in a couple of years' time you'll be sitting there going how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. I think even Benfica right now are thinking we could have got a lot more for him if it wasn't for the fact that we'd inserted that clause into his contract when we signed him on loan last year. Remember when when we did get him in on loan and there was talk about the clause that was in his contract for other clubs and it was a ridiculous fee. You know the Ryan Gold's scenario when he went to Portugal and they inserted a multi-million pound mm-hmm. fee in his contract was it something like 40 or 50 million quid yeah. and it's some. I mean I, I get that that didn't work out but when someone showed so much potential they put that in almost as a, a kind of safeguard mm-hmm. um, by the time Celtic come calling they're obviously willing to to uh, offer us for quite a bit less than I think it was 60 or 70 million quid and um, but like you say, already there's been murmurings that there is a regret that that was even 
you know, entered into the contract when we brought him in on loan. Colin, I'm going to ask you the question, though. Is it a coming of age this season? Because we saw what he could do last year. I agree with you. I thought, you know, most most games he did have kind of pass marks, seven, eight, nine. Um, and you were looking at, like you say, the circumstances when a player's on loan it is completely different. That's why I think the Jota and the Carter Vickers of this season are different beasts from last mm-hmm. season. Yeah. And you don't stand still by signing them permanently. It's actually, you know, it's going to improve the team. Um, and when we look at last season, bedding in all this kind of stuff, up in the temple, playing a lot more games than he's used to playing at senior level. Mm-hmm. Is this his coming of age? Is he going to be the top, top player? Early to say, but the signs are good, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, I mean, as I said, if he keeps this consistency up, he's had even over pre-season and um, the, the first two league games of this year then you're thinking right what what have we got here what have we got in our hands um, for me I just hope that he manages to stay injury free because I don't think there's anybody else in this squad just now that could step up and replace what he's going to bring to the team at the minute and I think that might be something that we look to um, sort of bring in before the window closes Mm. Um, just in case because as you say there's a lot of games between now and the end of the season it's a lot to ask for someone to go injury or suspension free between now and then and you don't want that intensity to drop because as we just said we've now got to the point where you compare these players to last year mm-hmm. um, and even towards the, the sort of latter half of last year you could tell when the amount of games was starting to get to them we kind of right. stumbled a wee bit yeah. towards the end um, and now you're thinking right we've not even got fully going yet as much as we've scored five goals in two games there's more gears for the Celtic team to get to and that's just what you want to continue to see is progression as the league campaign continues It's a good point Colin because some of these players had never played that amount of football Mm-hmm. Carter Vickers had never played that amount of games in the season Jota had never played that amount of games so that's a good point point. and when we talk about the the fact that we're still on a transfer window we do expect some more players to come in and leave the club is a winger something that you expect us to go out and bring in because if you look at what we've got at the moment Jota, first choice We'll come back to this one regarding Abada, maybe the first choice on the right, but he's not actually been playing. We'll come back to him. And you've got Maeda, who can float left and right. You've got James Forrest, who can play right. And we've also got Mikey Johnson, who's been out the picture, but obviously he would be third choice left winger, I'm guessing. Um, Is that enough? Do you think we will bring in someone else just in case we need to rest Jota? I do think we'll bring someone else in. And I also believe that Mikey Johnson will leave before the the transfer window's closed. I think Ange's already been pretty clear about that, that he wants to try and get him some game time. Mm. Um, He wants to get him game time in the right league, in the right um, position. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if Hibs had not made the move for Martin Boyle, if he'd have maybe made the move across the M8 to to Hibs. Um, I think that seemed to be a good fit for him. But I'm sure Celtic will sort something out before the window closes. And when they do, then that's when I'd expect Celtic to bring in another winger, whether it be someone who's comfortable on both sides um, or someone who's predominantly a left-sided winger. Now, I'm going to ask you the question. We brought Jota in on loan. He spent a very successful season on loan at Celtic. He wasn't the first winger that came in and stole our hearts a wee bit. I think uh, El Yunusi had two seasons on loan. Paddy Roberts was about mm, season and a half all in on loan, a mm. couple of seasons. It was two and a half seasons in total, but, but with injuries, you never really got to see the, 
the most of them, I don't think. Right, I'm going to ask you the question out of the three, who do you prefer? As it stands, I'd have to say Jota. And I was a massive fan of Paddy Roberts and a massive fan of Illinacy. Um But I think Jota just has something that bit special. Um, I could see Jota being the one that would be... And I'm surprised that he's not someone who focuses on this. I could see him being a set-piece take and I could see him being someone who pings one in from 40 yards. I can see him being um, someone who can beat three or four players and go back and beat them again. Paddy Roberts could maybe skin a couple of players. Ellen who had a fantastic shot and cross, but it was almost as if you're getting the best of both of them in Jota and then that wee bit more. And he's gorgeous. Um, Paddy Lavery comes in. Afternoon all, people might say, why is Paddy's comments always coming up? Well, he's always the first to comment. So <laughs> get in early, lads and lassies, and we'll bring your comments up as well. Great to see you, Paddy. We've also got uh, long-time viewer Donnyboy67 with quite an incredible avatar. Afternoon, guys and girls. Hope all well today. Much love for Doric country uh, to all beautiful Tims. Thank you for joining us. As always, and we've got Paul McLean coming in. We will be talking about there's still issues at the back, but this does look as if it's capable of outscoring any team at domestic level, Colin. You don't want to be that team that has to score four or five goals to win a game. Of course you don't. Um, in terms of the defensive situation, best domestic record in the league in terms of mm-hmm. defence last year, there's going to be two people specifically, in fact three, that we're going to be talking about today, Joe Hart, Maurice Gents and um, Greg Taylor. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about all three of those players as we, we go through today's show. Um, and I guess what I'm probably going to say is, yeah, during the season you might have a slip up here and there, but I, I don't have any great concerns at this stage about the defence. So overall, Colin, what's your take on Paul's comments there? Uh, that we do have some issues at the back, albeit Paul caveats that by saying that we could outscore anybody domestically, uh, which, you know, if you can do that, fair enough. Do you have any concerns at the back? I, I still think there's things that we can tighten up on, um, and I think there's definitely things that we can improve. But as I said, I, we're still quite early into the season. I still think that there's another couple of levels that this team can get to, and that's not just playing up front, that's a, across the whole team. Um, if we go and kind of analyse the goal uh, that Ross County scored, for me, it was very soft with uh, Jens. I thought he had to be a lot stronger there to kind of commit to his man and try and at least sort of stop him getting his head on it. And then there seemed to be a wee bit of confusion between Joe Hart and I can't remember who else is on the line. Um, and it sort of trickles over and goes in. And at that point, you're thinking, right, we've seen this sort of from Celtic before. It's not quite as bad as what it was under um, Neil Lennon when you're going for the 10 and it seemed as if every cross that came into the box, you're thinking, oh no, this is going in. Mm-hmm. We've, we've definitely improved in that. And as you said, you had the best defensive record last year. I think as soon as we kind of see something, it does give you that sort of PTSD of what Celtic were a couple of seasons ago. But we have improved massively um, and we will improve as this season goes on. That was Jen's first game alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. And I thought he looked very comfortable. I think he's someone who looks very comfortable on the ball. He's someone who um, allows Celtic to play that sort of high-pressing football. Um, You saw it in the first half when Cameron Carter-Vickers was able to basically break through and get into the box to create an opportunity um, himself. 
knowing that he's got someone behind him that can sort of clean that up if he was to lose the ball. So I think that's a partnership which we'll see develop over the, the course of the season. And it'll be interesting to see um, how long it will take Starfelt to come back in. Mm. If he comes back in as the number one choice centre-back um, or whether Jens is that guy that comes in because you, you know what, I'm just looking for players that are not just good in the air but also good with the ball at their feet with the amount of possession that we, we have um, and certainly playing out from the back it, it did seem as though we kind of picked it up a wee bit quicker with Jens in there as opposed to Stephen Welsh or um, Carl Starfelt Well I'm going to ask you a few questions because earlier on we are talking about wingers and I asked you about some previous wingers El Yunusi and Paddy Roberts and I knew you were a big fan of Paddy um, this is your second Maritz Colin, and I don't mm-hmm. think you were a massive fan no. of the first one. Um, do you know where he is these days, by the way? Absolutely no idea. Do you don't follow his career? No. I'm amazed at that. Um, he's actually playing uh, for a team called Servette FC. And uh, he made a transfer move from UFA to Servette uh, for 900... <coughs> In fact, it was a free transfer. Um and Yufa, incredibly, is a team that Bolingoli was on loan to. One of yep. the teams we we loaned them out to as well. So Maritz Boyer, I don't know what it is you've got against Maritz Bauer because uh, obviously we we do have this wee chat from time to time. How many games did he play for Celtic? Let's have a look at that, right? So you played know, dozens, 13? Maybe. Yeah, 13. Good, go, yeah. good guess, good guess. So um, you've seen one performance uh, from our current Maritz. Uh, who do you prefer out of the two? So far, of the two that I've seen, because I saw him against um, uh, Norwich as well, I would say he's certainly looking to be the, the better of the two merits so far. Um, and saying that, look, Boyer had a really good game at Ibrox. I remember that game. Um, and he had a, a fairly decent sub-performance when he came off the bench in Rome. Um, but he just, for me, he just wasn't the, the quality of player that we needed at that point. Well, I knew you would say that. You're, you're going to go for Jets every time. Where are we then with the centre-half, right? So we had a situation, Starfelt and Carter Vickers created a brilliant partnership last season and they had a good understanding with Joe Hart behind them, Colin. And, and obviously Starfelt gets injured. So the first protocol is we go to Stephen Welsh. So there is that question about Julien out of the plans. Uh, Welsh is missing at the weekend and we opt to go for Gents. The very fact that, that we're a defender down, a centre-half down and Julien's not on the bench, I think, speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens, let's say, that Starfelt comes back next week? Who starts? That's a difficult one. Um, I would probably have to go with Gents just now because he's the player with um, sort of match experience in him at the minute. Uh, I think it's it's always difficult for players to get up to speed but then um, Kilmarnock away that plastic pitch we'll, we'll speak about that later I mean it was a delight when they were away and it's frustrating that they're back because they'd like to get these plastic pitches out of Scottish football um, I think with Starfield only just coming back from injury it would make a lot of sense to just play a lot um, to play Cameron Carter Vickers and Jens because as I said they had the 90 minutes there on, on Saturday and you're kind of worried about anybody that could maybe pick up a wee niggle on that part. No, you definitely are. Uh, I, I, I liked what I've seen so far from Jensen. As I said earlier on, we'll be look at, looking at some of the other defenders before we move on to um, our next fixture as well. Urban Culture comes in to say good day to all my fellow Axom addicts. 
Yes, we do really appreciate everybody who tunes in, Colin, on a regular basis to the Axon Bulletin, which is our daily stream. We do also, of course, create fully produced content that we put on the YouTube channel on a regular basis. You get seven days of content free of charge. So go on to the YouTube channel and subscribe. It's all free. And um, Paul Gone Wrong, great performance by Taylor. We'll come back to Taylor. I do think that he's uh, started off brilliantly. Uh, Brian Murphy says that all daughters' assists have come from the left. Right. I'm going to ask you the question on that point then that Brian makes. Do you prefer him on the left or the right? Uh, definitely on the left. You can see he's got that creativity to um, sort of cut in and create something. I mean, it was just so casual on Saturday with the cross for Jens. It's as if he knew, I'm putting this ball in and somebody's going to get on the end of it. And it was a, a class bit of football especially the, the, the third goal as well with his sort of first touch back into Abada to give him the time to open his body up and curl it into the corner as well. That He's, he's getting that um, space that players in the league, if you're, if you're a fan of the opposition, you should never be letting him get that amount of space on the ball. When he's on the right, I feel as if he's sort of curtailed a bit because he's got to hit the byline and get the crossover. And at the minute when you're looking at who's in the box... Maybe if Giacomacchus was in there, we would be saying something a bit different. But when it's Maeda and Kyogo, they don't seem to have that same ability in the air just now um, to go on it. I know Maeda obviously had the, the header that was saved mm. um, and he probably should have created a wee bit more. But they're players that prefer the ball to their feet. We saw that with the, the goal from Kyogo as well, whereas Giacomacchus is a real threat in the air. So... If he's playing up front and he's on the right, he'll maybe create a lot more assists for Giacomacchus. But when you're playing Kyogo, I think you've got to play Jota on the left. Right. And I'm going to bring up a few comments that will end on something that will lead us into our next subject, which is Leela Bada. Now, Frank comes in. Frank Kennedy, good performance in three points. A Bada goal, fantastic. We are going to be talking about him, Frank. Uh, let's not forget how much of an impact he had last season. No, PGD, you're spot on. He won't be touched for skill by anyone in uh, the league. And that, I think, is my take on it just now. But we're only calling it after two games. Brown Warrior comes in. Well, he's in no doubt a real talent. Let's just see how he copes in the Champions League up against genuine quality defenders before proclaiming he's the new Ronaldo. Um, I think I proclaimed that he was a new Danny. Remember him? <laughs> the, the, the Danny story, though. Obviously, there is going to be um, comments around Ronaldo when you look at the fact that he was one of his heroes, wasn't he? He um, was yeah. one of Jota's heroes growing up. But uh, the, the problem with, with Danny is he just he, he wasn't that bothered about being a footballer. And um, he was out of the game before he even... I, I think he was kind of like mid to late 20s before he was a, away from the game. There were so many of those enigmas, but wasn't there? Mm. Those, yep. those type of players where you're just thinking, if this person just sort of invested a bit more time in themselves, then they could have hit that level, that height. It's like when you you look at the sort of work rate of a Messi or a Ronaldo and then you think, well, I've actually saw this player who technically was probably better than them, but they mm. could just never adapt themselves or never commit themselves to being like that. That's that's a sort of difference. It is because when you, you dig into the story of Danny, who is relevant because the last time he kicked a ball was for Celtic in a trial game against uh, Livingston they actually played two games in the same week played against Dundee as well uh, and then he just never played football again and he didn't care enough I mean he was uh, financially secure from a young age due to his family's wealth um, he was a super kid wherever he went it would appear 
and it you know he just loved to party and, and he ended up doing a bit of modelling and TV work um, and guys like you and I Colin who love the game of football can't understand it but he just didn't have the same passion or drive mm-hmm. to succeed which is unfortunate Jota certainly does Paul Cook happy Mondays uh, Paul Colin afternoon boys 100% Paul we like a happy Monday and we've got Sean McAteer as well why can't Maeda play on the right as Jota is far superior on the left Sean well that does lead us into the first point that was made there uh, in relation to Lille Abada we can't forget Colin just how big an impact he made last season mm-hmm. um, just about everybody that mentioned him followed up by saying and he's only 19 um, and I think now we just say well he's, he's just a, a great player that we've got who hasn't so far this season uh, made a start but when you look at that performance at the weekend and the comment, obviously, that, that's just been made there in relation to the right-hand side, just to try and balance it up. Abada, on paper, is, and as you say, you don't win games on paper, but he is the first choice, surely, on the right-hand side. You would think so. But as the, the comment I just said, they were sort of accommodating Maida on the left by playing Jota on the right. And when Jota's hitting that sort of form and you see the work rate that Maeda puts in week after week, because he is the epitome of what I'm just trying to do with a high press and the continuous work rate and the we never stop, as we've mentioned already. He is that kind of player. If you had to describe that that sentence by a, a footballer, it would be Dyson Maeda. The only problem is I don't think we're getting the same um, sort of output from him as what we did last season. I don't think he's creating the chances for others or creating the chances for himself just now. And that'll probably come. Um, that's not to say that he's playing terribly. I don't think that's the case. I just think he's maybe not been as involved. You saw in the Aberdeen game, everything was going down that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. The boy Richardson, who was playing right-back for Aberdeen, was having a terrible game. And everything just kept getting fed out there. And part of that, and I think it's what we'll touch on in a second, is the performances so far of Greg Taylor because I think Greg Taylor has been one of the standouts already this season so far. Um, he's carrying on his form exactly where he left it off last year, because he was really growing into that role. Mm-hmm. He's really sitting this inverted fullback. He's finding himself so far up the park, um, and the opportunities are coming from the left-hand side. Now, when you, you move Jota out there, that's when we're getting the assists. <coughs> Pardon me. So... As you said, we're still to see Juranovic step up to that level. Um, and if you compare the two fullbacks so far, Greg Taylor has been the better of the two. Maybe when Juranovic hits that level that we know he can hit, then we'll start seeing the equal distribution down both sides. Mm. But the minute whilst it's coming down the left and whilst, Q, um, whilst Taylor's been at the top of his game, I would move Jota out there because you see what happens when the two of them are able to connect that's four assists in a goal in two games yeah absolutely and the thing is as well Colin often through a season you have periods where certain players hit their purple patch um, and when you start thinking if Juranovic and Taylor Abad and Jota all hit that at the same time then it's a frightening prospect Stephen Ray I think comes in to say that um, just what I'm thinking Jota is best on the left we should not be trying to accommodate Maeda who's far less effective and in my opinion not as good as Abada and that's where I am with this by the way I think I'm a big fan of Maeda right and obviously we had Liam on uh, the show at the weekend covering the game from Celtic Down Under who's a massive fan of Maeda but I, I honestly think when everybody's fit Abada's a first choice 
Yeah, and see the thing is, we were speaking about this earlier, it's like, if you compare the squad from this time last year to right now, you have so many game changers that you can look at coming off the bench. We're speaking about someone like Maeda, Jack and Marcus, um, players like that, even when you've not got um, like Hitati, who could have come off, obviously he's injured at the minute, but if he's fit, one of him, O'Reilly or... Um, sorry, David Turnbull, would mm. come off the bench. A bad uh, players like that. Whereas before, you just didn't have those options. Now, having the sort of deeper squad where you've got two quality players in each position means that if you're not having the best of um, games so far, then you can turn to these players and they can change the game. And you, you saw, obviously, what came on when we, we changed it and we put Giacomacchus up front alongside uh, Kyogo, bringing on someone like Abada as well. It's not to say that um, Maida hasn't had a good start to the season. His work rate is it's not dropped, but at the minute he's not providing the output. And he, I think he's still a massive sort of asset to the team. For example, on Sunday when we come up against Kilmarnock, that if the game isn't kind of going the way that we want it to go, he can stretch that defence, he can tire them out because we're going to have a lot of the ball on Sunday. It's the way that Celtic play. And if you're thinking, right, I've just chased Kyogo down for 60 minutes, I've just chased Abada down for 60 minutes, right, I'm maybe getting a rest now. No, you're not, because you're bringing on someone who's even quicker and mm-hmm. someone who's going to chase you down even more in Maeda. It's it's a great option to have. And you saw what happened on Saturday when you were able to bring on guys like that. The Ross County didn't get a chance to break. They, they didn't get a chance to sort of reset themselves because they were under pressure constantly. Malcolm McKay said um, last week that this season is all about survival for Ross County. They've lost mm-hmm. a lot of players, their star man. They've brought in, I think, 10. Um, and, he, and he says that you know they're not actually expecting to replicate what they did last year, finishing the top six. Where do you think on that, that show and where do you think they're going to be, Colin? Are, are they going to be um, relegation in the relegation dogfight, do you think? No, I don't think so, no. I think they've, they're always a, a very difficult team to break down, Ross County. Um, and having seen some of the other players, sorry, the other teams already this season, I think that Ross County will do okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still yet to be overly convinced by Motherwell. Um, I think they've got a lot of work that they need to do. St Johnston aren't quite there yet either. Um, I think there's there's two or three. Kilmarnock haven't had a, a great start to the season either, so... I think Ross County's got enough about them and to be fair to Malky McKay, despite his sort of checkered past, he is a very good coach and he got a very good result out of that Ross County team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see what happens. He's obviously got good connections down south. He makes some really good signings. Um, just interesting to see how they do without someone like Regan Charles Cook, who was like up towards the top end of the goal-scoring charts last season. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got uh, another comment coming in from Sean. We'll look back on Saturday in a few months' time as a huge result, possibly. We'll go back to that game where uh, Tony Ralston scores the winner very, very late on. That was massive last year. Um, a wee bit more comfortable, I would suggest, this time round. But yeah, big result when we go up to, to Dingwall and get a result. Uh, Julien's name came into the conversation when we were talking about Maurice Gents earlier on, Colin. Um, I've got a running list at the moment of four that I think might still leave Celtic and he's mm-hmm. on it um, alongside Mikey Johnson, Ajeti and maybe even James McCarthy. Am I being harsh on any of these players? 
No, I think that's probably the order that they will go as well. Um, I think Ayeti's one that we've been trying to move on for a while. I know Keenan Devlin for the Athletic was saying he's been transfer listed for the last 18 months, but that's not necessarily a great thing to hear that there's not really been much interest in him. Um, maybe we'll have to lower our demands. I think another player that you'll see join that list that um, you were just given there is Scott Robertson. Uh, I think he was someone that we kind of had some high hopes for when yeah. he broke into the team um, and then he was obviously away on loan a couple of different loan spells down south and we're thinking, right, he could be someone who could come into this team and be quite effective, but by all accounts it looks if Ange doesn't really uh, rate him that highly, so with only 12 months left in his deal, I'd probably expect him to leave the club as well. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to a player like Robertson who went away out there, I think he had three loan deals, didn't he? Playing yeah, something he like... James one during the January window, yeah. 75 games under his belt in the yeah. English Football League. He'll get he'll get a club. And um, you just wish him all the best because it's not worked out, unfortunately, for the young lad. Now, Paul comes back in. Joe Hart appreciation post. What about a save? Uh, wow, what a save at a vital time. I was going to say that. For me, that was almost the turning point of the game, Colin. Mm-hmm. It's one each. We've lost the lead. We'll talk about that as well. We've lost the lead. But that free kick goes in and, and then it's an uphill battle. I know we've got the creativity. I know we've got the strong bench. But Ross County, it's a different approach from them if they go 2-1 up. How big a save was that? And and when you look at Hart and Taylor, how important has it been that we've brought in Burnaby and Segrist? Yeah, definitely. You can see that they're definitely... Um pushing them to be even better than what they have been so far and um, as I say you've definitely seen that with Greg Taylor, it was a fantastic save from Joe Hart, it was just one of those ones where he's used every single bit of his experience over the the kind of number of years that he's been in um, and manages to hold on to the ball pretty well as well, doesn't spill it um, which could have easily went to one of their players to tap home Um, so he's done very well, the free kick was taken really well as well um, and Look, this is the, the difference between having competent goalkeeper in goal and when you look at what we've had over the last couple of seasons, you're probably having to go back as far as Fraser Foster before you were very comfortable with um, any time someone was 20 yards out for a free kick. Because you're still thinking, right, he's got to get it past the big man. It's the same now with Joe Hart. You're thinking you've got to get it past Joe because the, the saves that he's made already show the class that he is. He's another one that we've picked up for an absolute bargain. Mm-hmm. He was someone who was just desperate to be given a chance and show his, his true ability. And you he, he can see it, he's got bag loads of it. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. We have we've picked up some incredible bargains, particularly in uh, the first season under Ange Postacoglu. And then the ones that we've really invested in terms of the transfer fee, we've already seen them for a season. So you know, there was less risk attached to that as well. Yeah. So I think Ange has, has worked wonders in the transfer window and uh, three transfer windows. But Joe Hart, again, what I also loved about it, I don't know if it was because the adrenaline was pumping through his veins, but then he starts getting... Um, Billy big time in his box and shoving players out the road and all that I love that yeah. After he's, he's, but, and what he's given you is a bit of presence and you know when you've got that behind you as well Colin it fills the, the defenders full of confidence if you don't if you've got a barcast behind you right um, I mean that's when the whole thing starts to drop and it's not just the partnership of the two centre halves it's the goalie behind them we keep talking about that that trio at the back and I think we've got it absolutely sussed to the point where one of the centre halves can drop out and it doesn't you know, it doesn't affect that that machine from 
uh, being successful. So, yeah, Hart, absolutely brilliant, keeping Seagrest out of the team. Scott Howe comes in uh, to say that was sublime from Abada. Had Kyogo first goal 3-1 as well. I never get a score cast up. Loved it. Well, well done, Scott. Hopefully. Well done, eh? Um, obviously gamble responsibly ladies and gentlemen Stephen Ray comes back in uh, and I'm going to pull this up because I think it's a, a good point also Celtic linked with Ross Bartley however I think we should be going for another Chelsea player instead and that's Billy Gilmer who is already used to playing alongside McGregor for Scotland would his mother allow him to wear the green and white hoops though Colin? It's, do you know it's a shame for the boy because he was in the same um, Rangers youth team as my cousin um, so we've kind of seen his career develop and it is, the, the boy's not even that fussed, he'll play for who he'll play for, he just wants to be a footballer but um, I saw what happened when he went down to, to was it Norwich last year and it had to be the yellow scarf instead of the green scarf it's, you, you just worry about some people that's out there but um, look, it is what it is I'm sure she would make an appearance at Celtic Park if her boy was playing there uh, I'd have him in a heartbeat be, by the way I would, he's a I fantastic would. player, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic player. Um, he's um, performances for Scotland at such a young age, considering that he's not playing week in week out either. Um, he's absolutely dynamic in that midfield. I think I remember was it the performance against England, the Euros as well. Mm-hmm. He was just absolutely outstanding. Um, so, yeah, I think if you had the opportunity to bring someone like Billy Gilmore to Celtic, you'd, you'd take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I definitely would. And um, it's interesting to hear that he's not that interested in all the nonsense that uh, his mother was going on about. No disrespect nah. to his mum, because obviously if we Billy comes to Celtic, then that's fine. Um, Paddy, the Ardoin boys never stop drinking. Well, uh, uh, your words, Paddy, your words. I would never say that. But uh, hopefully you're, you're having a good time. And hopefully you're enjoying the weather. It's another lovely day here in Dal Keith, Colin. I don't know what it's like in Greenock, mate, but um, enjoying the sunshine. Bad, it's not too bad, yep. Enjoying the sunshine. Frank Kennedy, apparently we struggled and were lucky, whereas another team dominated. And also Celtic were the only team not allowed to score a last-minute goal. Yeah, it's interesting how you watch a game, for anybody who was allowed to watch it, by the way, we'll get on to that. Um, you watch a game and then you read a report and it's as if two completely different events have occurred, Colin. But, you know, in Scottish football, a wee bit like what you were saying there about, you know, us having plastic pitches in the top league, uh, being unable to, to watch a game anywhere. Um, and the the authorities in Scottish football and in world football, I guess, are trying to clamp down on illegal streams and all this kind of stuff. Yet, if you didn't have a ticket for the game, right, because they're in limited numbers for an away game at Dungwall, how else are you going to watch the game? So they've actually pushed you into the, the box that don't, you know, they don't want you to be in. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, there was a really interesting thread on Twitter. Was it yesterday or Saturday by Grant Russell? Um, he used to work for STV. He worked for Motherwell and now I believe he is working for West Ham mm. at the minute. Um, and... It was all about the TV rights because we always say that the Scottish TV deal is for 48 games a season. It's whatever it is a year. What is I'm not even sure how much. Is it 25 million a year or something like that for um, the, the sort of 48 games? So you work it out that it's X amount. Yeah. But what's actually also included within that um, TV deal is the secondary rights to the games. So for the other however many games there is, Sky also has the rights to those games, which includes 
Saturday's game between Celtic and Ross County at Dingwall. And the reason that they own that is so that no one else can make any money off it. So obviously, last last couple of seasons when we've not had fans at the games um, and the pay-per-view outlet was a thing, that was a sort of special agreement that had to be made between Sky and the SPFL to allow them to do so. Uh-huh. So with our TV deal coming up, I think it is in 2024 or 25, then we've got to look at this and we've got to stop um, the sort of secondary rights being included with the primary rights because we should be able to sell these secondary rights to um, the clubs themselves to make some money off the pay-per-view if we can't be shown to show a game on terrestrial television or cable television um, on a three o'clock on a Saturday because that's not just the case. We've shown that we can do the pay-per-view and it works and clubs um, clubs went through that and it, they managed to bring some people in. I know our own Tony Haggerty was uh, part of the, what was it, Hamilton's team um, doing the commentary. And there was some, uh, <laughs> he was some it, on, on an infamous night. He was on, 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 on an on infamous night, yeah. <laughs> Jobbygate. Um, yeah, we, I didn't want to bring that up. Some people might still be having their lunch poll. Um, <laughs> but I, I seen there was opportunities for um, people to get involved and doing commentary earlier on in the season because mm. these teams are looking at the pay-per-view thing. We spoke about when it was Albion Rovers that had the investment from um, one of their big sort of super fans to bring in the, yeah. the pay-per-view thing. Like, this is a great thing for Scottish football to get involved in. But at the minute, we're totally underselling the game and it is forcing people to look towards things like IPTV or his goal or whatever it was that most people ended up watching the game on on Saturday because there was no legal sort of output for Celtic to watch that game and why are we in the age of 2022 being forced to listen to radio commentary of a game that's kicked off it just doesn't make any sense that would never happen in English football there's there's always a way for, for it to be watched whether it be through watching American channels or whatever it is and how many games are really going to kick off at that time? We're underselling our game massively. I think if it, it comes down to it, we should look at something along the, the route of what the League of Ireland does, where they have their own personalised website and app where you subscribe to the, the whole league. And basically, the way it works is, say, for example, you're a Shelbourne fan and I'm a Bose fan, you get to watch all the different games by paying a one-off monthly subscription. And I think more fans would commit to that, knowing that they've not got to pay for Sky or BT or Amazon, just knowing that if they want to watch their team on a Saturday or a Sunday or whenever the kickoff is, that they subscribe to this service. A lot of the people used to say that it was a case of, well, it would affect the crowds. We've saw over the last couple of seasons that it didn't actually have that impact on the crowds because people will still, if they get the chance and the ticket pricing is right, will want to go and watch their team on a Saturday or a Sunday or whenever it is, being there in the ground is a backup option for those that are not well, for those that are working, for those that are travelling. And I think it's about time that we moved away from that. And we yeah, just say, we need to I move agree. things. I agree with you, Colin, because the technology is there. That That's the big Absolutely. key thing. We're not utilising it the way we should. But I made the point at the weekend uh, in relation to game-going fans versus uh, people who watch it on the telly. 
it's not going to affect, affect people to go to the games when it's part of the routine and every year they, uh, they, you know, they renew their season tickets. Just because you can watch it on the TV, you're not going to stop going to the games. So um, it's about actually catering for the two different types of audiences yeah, and the, the technology is there. See, the thing as well, Paul, is the, the whole thing being that it's meant to encourage people to get along to Scottish football. So that if you're staying anywhere in Scotland, you're meant to sort of head along to um, Celtic Park or head along to Caplow or head along to uh, McDermott Park or wherever it is, whatever team you're going to support. But what if you're down south, say on work, you were down in Doncaster the other day. Yeah. There's multiple Celtic supporters clubs down in Scotland and Wales. I've got to say, I was in Doncaster yesterday. I've never been to Doncaster, Colin. So anybody who's watching us from the Doncaster area, a big shout out. And we're in, uh, we went to a soul event. Soul music, yes. Uh, I wasn't dancing, thank you very much, but we were filming it. Uh, we were filming the event. And um, what do I see there in the boozer? Celtic badge on a polo shirt. There you go. Wherever you go, Celtic fans. So yes, that was my first time down in Doncaster. And... Uh, Hopefully I'll be back, but that was for a soul event. But you're right, um, and you've got people who are displaced through their work, through yep. you know, and they still want to. And, and I keep going on about the membership, the worldwide membership. So if you have um, a situation where a fan wants to invest in the club somehow, but they can't buy a season ticket, then they can buy a membership, and what they get online is something that is bigger and better than what they're currently getting from Celtic TV. So they're going to get content every single day. And I've said it time and time again, Colin, we're an independent media company based out of a studio in Dalkeith and we create content every single day. If we can do it on our budget, then a massive company like Celtic can do it on, on the budget and the staff and, and the fan base that they've got. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ever going to subscribe to the fact that it can't be done because quality no. content can be done with the right budget and the right staff. And, and Celtic are a massive organisation who could do that. And that's the thing. The, the bit that really doesn't make any sense is for these fans that are maybe in Doncaster or in Plymouth or in London or in wherever it may be. And also in Ireland, because despite the fact that they're not part of any association to the United Kingdom, they're still roped in under these broadcasting laws that for example, they weren't allowed to watch that game on Saturday. So it doesn't make any sense for... How is it going to encourage someone from um, London to travel all the way up to Dingwall to mm, watch the game? As you say, there's only so many tickets. If everybody that wanted to go to that game turned up at Dingwall, you would have queues outside the town. Yeah. So you have to. there has to be a sort of common-sense approach taken to this where, yeah, OK... The, the games are going to need to be shown and stuff like that. But the fact that right now, if you're down south and you can't watch a game in Scotland, it's how are you meant to attract new fans to the game? It makes no, no. sense. And even when there is the opportunity, I mean, I would uh, suggest that you watch the post-match where we're talking to Liam, who is based in Japan, about how we're not utilising the Japanese market and the potential out there is vast and we're actually not tapping into it. Although some people might think we are. He gives you the uh, the rundown from Japan and he tells you that we're not we're not tapping in the way we should. So David Bradley comes in. Jota. Not sure what that's come. <laughs> Did you hear that, Colin? That sounded like a, a jet plane going past your... Uh, flat there in Greenock. It's normally the sirens, I've got to say. 
So uh, at least nobody's well. getting locked up. Yeah. What on earth was that? It was a trailer that was going past. A trailer? Dear, yeah. dear me. Don't they know the Axom's on at 12.30 every day? Uh, they, right. They don't care. The David, yes, David Bradley. Jota is just getting his game into gear now, Paul. And yeah, I, I think so. And it goes back. Daniel makes the same point. Um, it's time to let Jota play where he plays best. And that's on the left. I like Maida. But we have to play our best player in his most effective position. Welcome back, Daniel. I haven't seen you for a few days. So it's great to see you back on the comments. But the point is... At the beginning of the season, everybody's saying, Colin, oh, Celtic have spent £13 million to stand still. That's a nonsense, because what you're seeing now is a player we had last year, but because he's been galvanised by the success, now that he's a permanent player, he's got a pre-season under his belt, you're getting better performances. The players don't stand still just because they were here last season. They're improving all the time. And I think with Ange at the helm, um, that's always going to be the case. Over 700 of you are watching live. Thank you and welcome anybody who's watching Axon for the first time. If you don't subscribe on the YouTube channel, get yourself on there for uh, free daily content. We've spoken about quite a lot of the performances at the weekend. But I am going to um, step away from the game slightly to talk about uh, the tributes that we, we saw for John Yogi Hughes as well, yeah. Colin. Uh, we lost another lion. And um, I don't think there's anybody going to complain about talking too much about Big Yogi. Um, I think we had the pleasure of Yogi's attendance at a night in Greenock, didn't we? Uh, 50th anniversary of the night at uh, Greenock CSC, one of the best CSCs, if not the best CSC that I've ever been to. That might start a wee argument in the comments section. If it does, then invite me to your CSC and change my mind. Um, but Yogi, uh, the big man, he was a character. He was a personality. Um, he didn't mince his words. Um, he had a great sense of humour. Uh, and what I would say, and I shared this with John Jr., is that um, we met up with him. My, my wife and I met up with him at Don Blaine at, a, at an event. And uh, he was an absolute gentleman that night making conversation with my wife who doesn't know the first thing about Celtic or football and I remember going away from that Colin and, and the missus saying to me you know who was that old guy he was brilliant he was an absolute gentleman um, so yeah it was great to see the banner it was great to see us obviously remember Big Yogi with the black armbands uh, we lose another another lion um, as we move into our our 30s and our 40s Colin it seems to be happening more and more often absolute icons who should never be forgotten yes there's um there's probably no words to describe how much of a welcoming character Big Yogi was. Um, and do you know what? It's a, it's a real shame that these players who have created such a historical moment in Celtic's history, something that my kids and my grandkids and your grandkids will look back on and say it's one of the sort of defining moments in the club's history, how these players ended up after they left the club and what they had to do and um, guys like Jimmy Johnson having to sell his medals just to uh, kind of get by and stuff like that. These players should have been taken care of because they are the, the greatest to have pulled on the jersey. I know you've got the 11 that played in Lisbon, but it wasn't just that. The, the full squad was there um, and it was the full squad that got us there. It wasn't just the 11 that won the game that day. Uh, they should have really been taken care of. I remember um, we, my, both my fiance and I, we met um, John 
Hughes in Glasgow Airport. Um, and he was doing a book signing. And <laughs> the the guy that was doing the book signing had kind of brought him in. Clearly had no idea who John Hughes was. Um, and he just kept shouting at the top of his voice, come and meet the famous Lisbon lion, John Yogi Hughes. And everybody's walking past WH Smiths and John's sitting out there with, with a table. I've, in fact, I told young John this story as well. He's, he's sitting out there with a table and he's got these these books. And the books, isn't it's not even a Lisbon book. It's not even a, a sort of Celtic history book. It was all about when we completed, I think it was the double treble. And he, the big man's sitting there signing the books and we're, we're talking away to him. And we'd mentioned the, the night that we'd had in the Greenock Celtic mm-hmm. and he remembered it. Um, and... He was just, he would sit there and talk to you. And I said, How did you get roped into this big man? And he says, Hey, you've got to pay the bills somehow. And that's just the, the kind of guys that these, these people are. And they'd sit and talk to you and they'd tell you the stories for years and years to come. Um, and it is a, a, it's quite, it's one of the things that I think Celtic need to look at right away. Obviously, players nowadays, these, these players that we're looking at, they're earning thousands and thousands of pounds. They'll retire comfortably unless mm-hmm. anything drastic was to happen or if they to get into any sort of trouble but mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. These players from our past, these players that we tell the stories and we sing the songs about, why we need to help these people now so that when it gets to the stage of perhaps when they, they kind of get to a certain age and we know that we've not got long left with them, that they're comfortable, that they're not having to go out and do these signings in the middle of Glasgow Airport with a guy that doesn't know who he is. They, Colin, they can, they can, just, the, they can the, tell us the stories and they can travel yeah. to the CSCs and because when they come into these CSCs, they're looked at as gods. Absolutely. Absolute gods. It's all about uh, the club having that proper link with the former Players Association, isn't it? And making sure that they get right behind it. Because I know that there was um, a lot of work done to set up the, the FPA, by we Joe Miller and others. And it's all about really the club embracing it and making sure that you know these guys that you're talking about, these absolute legends of, of the club... Um, are looked after and their families, Colin, and their families as well. <laughs> you know, I made the point during the pandemic how many uh, ex players were contacted uh, to make sure they were all right, how many widows of ex players were contacted. And I know the answer, but it shouldn't be the answer. Um, Brown Warrior moving on to, from uh, Big Yogi to whatever was going on outside Colin's flat. <laughs> that was James Tavernier's soft talk going past Colin's window. 
I never um, heard the shout for penalty, so it couldn't have been. It might have been Morelos's, and it would have been tagged by somebody as well. He's maybe using it as a getaway from Greenock. Anybody in Greenock? Um, no, Alfredo. Who knows? But listen, I'm going to have to do something here because there is a wee uh, event happening on Friday, and we've set it up. Why did we set it up? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Um, there are a few bands obviously coming through the doors of a state of mind studio. We've now done and released 60 unplugged sessions. And from time to time, they do surprise you, Colin. And so we invited a band up from Nottingham because we liked the cut of their jib, we liked their tunes. And then this happened. I'm going to play a wee video. This is what happened. Now, yeah, the Celtic Link of us, it's, um, I say, me, me dad's side of the family is from up here, um, from Bonnie Bridge, that, that way. Um, typical Catholics, as both Celtic. <laughs> Yeah, then, uh, um, yeah, my dad's from not like I say, my dad was born in Nottingham, he's still there, so obviously that Celtic thing is passed down to him. And uh, it's passed down to me and you, isn't it? That's it. No, you, you have no choice, that's it. It runs for your veins, doesn't it? So, yeah, that's pretty much where, where that comes from, really. This next one's for Posta Coglu. It's called I'm the Man. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. There you go. So we bring them up from Nottingham. He turns up with a Celtic tracksuit top on, Colin. And uh, he talks about Celtic during the conversation. I mean, what can you do? Anyway, we decided to invite them up for a headline show. I think it's their first Scottish headline show in Dunfermline. And uh, they'll be playing at PJ Malloy's. If you want a ticket, there is a 20% discount just for being an Axom viewer. All you have to do is type in State of Mind 20 in the link underneath the video. Please come along, support the chase. They love Celtic. Um, and that's what we're talking about, Colin. Wherever you go, there are Celtic fans, and that's what we found with the boys from Nottingham. We says we were going to be talking about Greg Taylor. Didn't think we'd, we'd dug in so much um, about the performances of Greg Taylor. Let's talk about the relationship that he's had so far with the Celtic fan base. He's another one who has turned a lot of people's opinions around, isn't he? And his performances this season have been as good as they were at the end of last season. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things that kind of um, kind of hurt Greg Taylor to an extent um, when he joined Celtic. There was one, the fact that he was coming from Kilmarnock. The second one was that he had a, a range of support and family. And the third one was that he was replacing Kieran Tierney. And the kind of combination of those three, it was almost as if Greg Taylor had to hit the ground running and be the, the second coming for a lot of Celtic fans to sort of be won over by him because he wasn't the Cairn Tierney type. He wasn't the guy that 
played with the, the, the badge on his chest and would go over and grab the microphone off the Green Brigade. He was he was just a, a, a very solid footballer. And I think over time, Celtic fans have come to appreciate that Greg Taylor offers quite a bit to this Celtic team and he is developing and he is getting better. And as Postacoglu has um, given him the sort of range to go forward, he is certainly being um, very effective. You take a look at that third goal, he's digging in, he's winning the ball back, he's pressed so high up the park and it's not an unusual position to find Greg Taylor in now, being that far up the park. So the fact that he's been able to do that um, and sort of suit the Postacoglu style of football, it's just been a sort of perfect combination for him. As David Bradley says here in the comments, Taylor's biggest test will come when it comes into Europe. Coming into the Champions League now, that's why we thought that we were signing guys like Burnaby. But if Greg Taylor continues to show the form that he's showing in the league in Europe, then he'll have absolutely no doubters at all. I remember when he was given the contract last season and a lot of people were saying, why? Why are we giving him this? And at the time I thought this is the right idea because just like the way that Ralston was, he was starting to understand this new style of football that Celtic mm-hmm. wanted to play mm-hmm. and it was getting the best out of him. And we're now seeing that over the last couple of months. Oh, definitely. And um, you were talking about some of the things that uh, when it comes into the when it comes into the fray, Celtic fans obviously were still reeling from the departure of Kieran Tierney. Um, but when he comes in, he's a young player. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Greg Taylor's a young player. Uh, I, I prefer just to think about that tackle that he made on Joey Barton, to be honest with you. So yeah. I think it's taken him a wee while to get up to the levels. But Ange Postacoglu has worked wonders with Greg Taylor. By the way, it sounds as though you've got um, a whole collection of uh, comedy and novelty noises then you've got a wee system that you're pressing them because there was a wee clown's horn there when you were talking as well. Um, I've got to bring this one up because I agree Owen McGrandall's what a lovely head of hair and I think Thanks he very was... much Owen, cheers. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think he was talking about the band who are coming up to join us in Dunfermline on Friday. What is that band's name, I Scott? They are called The Chase. Not, as Urban Culture suggested, the Axon 4. Although, that's not a bad name for a band either. Uh, Thank you very much for all of your comments today. Um, We do provide free quality content every single day. All you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can tune in 12.30 every weekday for the bulletins. We cover every game. We fully produce interviews and other such things. I was on a podcast the other week and the guy said, where else can you get Brian McClure uh, eating a deep fried Mars bar followed by Pat and Evan drinking Buckfast well only on the channel sure. and if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about get subscribing onto it and watch some of our other content as well as always Colin it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today on yeah. this fine Monday just, afternoon just got to say Paul Wills we're talking about other stuff on the channel um, it was great to see the state of Scottish football make its comeback um, it's going to be back three nights a week Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 6 o'clock so if you're not tuning into other podcasts or other um, phone-ins that are out there then definitely check out the guys, they've got a lot to talk about especially after that incredible Edinburgh derby yesterday 
Um, and also a massive congratulations to the women's team who kicked off their league campaign with a resounding 9-0 victory over Hibs. Hibs, one of the strongest teams in that league, um, and Celtic certainly put them to the sword yesterday. Hatricks for Jacintha and for Larissa Clarice. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Superb, yeah, and well mentioned. Obviously, yeah, we've covered quite a lot of the games uh, that the women's team have played, and we've spoken to Fran Alonso quite a lot as well. Studs Lanigan, we welcome the chase. We certainly do, Studs. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And once again, Colin Watt, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.